Last week on the Glass Cannon Podcast, the heroes invoke new magics. So Metra just raises her hand and concentrates the energies, drawing in power from the other planes, and it is banished to oh, an extra-dimensional nice. labyrinth. Oh, <laughs> what? Maze? No save! No save! No save! Wow! Wow! To defeat extra-dimensional horrors. Sir Will has jumped through over this pit. He's got Roselight out, his longsword, and Sir Will just turns and starts fighting from uh, Wolfback. Uh, <laughs> just full attacking. Just swiping, trying to cut this thing down, but before he does... He smites evil. There you go. And laid a trap for the orc horde. Nestor is going to study that target. Sort of very silently, slowly pull old Jolter back and fire. He's starting it. But could an unseen monstrosity spoil their plan? Nestor pulls back the bow and just fires and it goes straight through his neck and comes out the other side and it just flops. <laughs> the adventure continues. The battle has begun. Yes! Now. hobby you had as a child that you abandoned that you'd like to get back into and D&D role playing games don't count uh, writing letters to celebrities <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of that did you ever get any responses yeah, well, yeah. I, I, you know I got a letter on uh, viewer mail on David Letterman obviously yeah uh, I got an autographed photo from Bob Costas at one point. Um, How old were you? Uh, 15. <laughs> Did you ask him for that? Or were you like, hey, Bob, I have a yeah, question. I was, like, I was like, hey, I think you're really swell. Gee golly, I'd love to have an autographed uh, pictogram. And he sent me one. Was it ironic or you really appreciated it? No, no, I really liked Like later I was the, the little talk show we had after. It was like the... One of those pre-proto-podcast shows. It was just like a deep dive with one person for a half hour. Hmm. And he's a great interviewer. So, I, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great show. He's aged a lot. I didn't Very realize. old man. I walked past him on the street. Really? Didn't mention the photo. But a uh, very, <laughs> very small man. Yeah. Very yeah. small man. I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that his eye suffered permanent damage after that uh that one pink eye episode at the, at the oh, Olympics. Oh, God, Ooh, right. Yeah. Who could forget? It's could, still yeah, the yeah. third image that comes up for him on Google Image Search. That's a shame. Oh. The guy's had a great oh. career, and all they remember is the style. Worst yeah. time to get pink eye. Oof, I had, During the Olympics when you're a presenter. Oh, I had a style Everyone once. will remember it. It is the worst. It's not the same thing, I guess. Was it a style? I thought he had pink eye. No, he had pink eye. He had pink eye, yeah. Oh, God. Styes are, are no fun. Ophthalmologist was like, this is the worst style I've ever seen. I'm like, oh, great. Uh, it was bad news. I wouldn't be able to be on stream. I'd have to wear sunglasses. I feel like I had a sty once a month for all of middle school. You were a dirty child. It yeah. was just, uh, <laughs> I had no friends. No. no one would be my friend. And I think it was the sty. Old sty cheese. O'Brien. They're very off-putting. 
What hobby, Joe, would you like to get back into if you could? Oh, is there any? Oh, yeah. There's a ton. And it's so sad because I can never get back into any of them. Collecting styes? No, no. <laughs> Sty collecting? Uh, <laughs> athletics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is playing sports. <laughs> yeah. I miss it so much. And I can't do it. Because there's no time or because you're a bit of both. too robotic? Well, I don't have time to, uh, to get in proper shape to then have the time to actually oh. do it. Um, I keep holding out hope, but, but it'll never be the same. Like, okay, I could maybe play tennis or something like that, but like, I can't go play basketball ever again. <laughs> and so I used to just like go down to the court and play basketball with whoever's down there, and I missed that. That was so fun. I miss being like – so when I, if I go to the gym, which I don't do anymore – if I if I do some action, if I do my my Peloton, right, mm-hmm. and I'm like winded as hell, and it's like I'm like this sucks, like it's miserable, <laughs> and I hate it so much. Uh, when I could be running full court basketball and like feeling like I'm going to die, and I'm like this is the greatest day of my life. Yeah, <laughs> I just I want to have more breath so I can keep going. You know what I mean? Like that energy, that feeling. I, I love it so much, and I miss it. Yeah, Matthew, uh, an old uh, hobby when you were. Playing stickball on the neighborhood corner in Paramus. We were playing Scully on the mean streets of uh, <laughs> Gosh Plains. You guys ever played Scully? Nope, nope. You have weird names for everything. What is, what is Scully? It's where you take. It's a game where you take the like bottle caps, like like mm-hmm. the ones we use, and you you melt a crayon into them, so you weight them down with some wax. And what? You, it's like a you like draw a board, and you kind of like have to get them into different areas oh. with different point values. It's, wow. funny. it's like an old street game. You know, Joe, your kids are going to end up growing up playing these dumb games too. Yeah. It's a Jersey thing. That's not. I don't. Thing, I, don't I, guess. I don't miss Scully that much. No, I, I I am kind of doing this. I'm I've been getting back into comics. Ah, yeah. were you into it a lot as a kid, though, a teen? I was. It was more like when I was like twelve that I was. I was twelve, mm-hmm. thirteen, maybe eleven. I was really into it. Do you still have those books? Some of them. Not yeah. I was, I, last time I was home, I was looking through them. I don't have anything special. Oh, I have them all. They're still they're in like plastic with individual boards. Important bag. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is I would love to, and I, I, I feel like we can parlay this if we really want to, is I would love to play a game of Magic the Gathering again. Oh, hell yeah. I don't want I don't, I don't to get into the collecting because that's dangerous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I would love if like Wizards of the Coast, if you want to send us a, a, a couple of, uh, you know, where the, the, the pre-constructed decks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Starter decks. Starter decks. I, I would, would love, love that. to do this. I, I mean, I have not played in 25 years. At least, if not more. Maybe no, 30. we played We played at PAX. No, I didn't play Magic. You never played? No, no. All right, I, I guess I, it was another PAX. I but love that. Went to PAX, and it was so awesome. They right. had two starter decks in the swag bag. And so you, you get your bag, and it was just two decks. And I got a green deck and a white deck. And I, I guess it was McDermott I was playing with, and we just played constantly. All right. And it was so fun. <laughs> so, so fun. How about, how about? Yeah. We were just saying before we went on there, we have some upcoming travel. Mm-hmm. One of these, one, I'm not going to reveal this one, but one of these cities, we, have, we know we're going to have some downtime. Mm-hmm. What if we just got... Do a draft? We did a draft. What if we just got, a, <laughs> got some magic cards, God. did a draft, built some decks, or just get the pre-generated decks, and we just do a tournament and kill some time. Oh, that sounds fun. I, I feel like I wouldn't remember how to play. Do, do all of us know how? Here, we'd learn. Here's, here's where I'm going to pin you down even beyond the tour. You just have to play Magic the Gathering online with me. It's easy. It's on Steam. Oh, get that's it? not as much oh, fun, is it? No, fun. but it'll get, us, it'll get us in the middle, it'll get us back up to speed on the rules, and everyone will have to see you. All right, I'll do it. All right, let's do it. Wow. Wait, or can we, can we like, commit to doing this? Like, it can be a social media extravaganza. I don't commit to anything less than four hours away from it happening. Can I... Uh, <laughs> you lived a very last-minute life. Joseph's nodding his head. 
I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I'm also not interested in everyone watching me lose Magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough when I just have to watch me lose every game of Magic I play. All right, well, we don't have to do it for social media, but can we just do it? Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, let's just buy a bunch of deck. I'm going to go on eBay right now. <laughs> I, bet. I would prefer, yeah, if we did social media and I was playing Grant, for example, I would prefer still images and then no comment on what ended up happening. <laughs> <laughs> if we actually do live we video, reveal it at the live you'll shows. see the breakdown. <laughs> we uh, recently played a little game backstage at one of our shows, and I think Matthew made a post that was like, well, what did it say, the caption? <laughs> it was like two rounds in and Grant's already winning. Yeah. <laughs> already only, figuring out how to break the a little he had broken the game open and joe and i had been like i think we have to drastically adjust our strategy yeah we went i went in and i was like this must be a misunderstanding of the rules that grant has fouled up nope the more i read it the more he's right and we're wrong and he's already we're playing winning. and we're, we're already way behind and we're, yeah. uh i can share my childhood yeah what would you get back into i'm gonna Guns. i'm gonna promise <laughs> he's still into it i love it <laughs> i'm gonna promise that no one else has this hobby my hobby is a child was to grab like a bunch of cookies and then crawl underneath a couch or my parents bed and eat them and stare at the bottom and look for people's feet to go by and i love doing that <laughs> it was the best hobby but now you can't do that anymore i can't fit down there yeah, i don't have difficult. that time we need but, to build you a fort is what we yeah. need to do oh my dad did build me an amazing tree house and i used to go up there and he would bring out like um they had like an illustrated carl sagan's cosmos and he'd Ooh. talk about like black holes and relativity and stuff up there it was a great great childhood to have that tree house i need a tree house you're right thank you that's a little bit more uh, attainable than wanting to be small again and stare at people's knees. Yeah. I could I could build a really large couch, maybe. There you go. Yeah, you know. build a huge couch. An yeah. oversized couch, like that Gallagher special. Mm-hmm. Yes. That ga- I rented Gallagher <laughs> at Blockbuster. I talked my mom into renting it, and she had no idea how foul-mouthed he was. Uh, it was a hell of a weekend. Yeah, uh, Google Gallagher big couch. You'll, you'll get that joke. He had a giant couch in one of his specials. I remember watching Gallagher with my dad. It's a very different time. That kind of comedy. For me, it's card collecting, and I've gotten back into it, and uh, I love it. Yeah, see, this is... I, I, okay, I'm going to say one thing and then just stop, because it'll sound like I'm super mean and judging you like you're some sort of geek or something. Mm-hmm. I don't get it in the least. Did you collect it when you were That's a kid? Awesome. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah, when I was a kid. Uh, but then I found magic. This is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why would I collect baseball cards, which I can do nothing with, when I could collect magic cards... And play a game with them. That is fucking sick. Yeah. And then you got like, and then I got into Pokemon cards for a little while because that game was great. And uh, you yeah. still have them? No, I They're- got rid of all of them. Like it, I was living in New York and I was moving for like the second time, and I was like, I'm not carrying these things again. Nobody plays with me, and I threw them all out. Uh, but yeah, I just uh, I see I like card collecting as part of a, a CCG, as part mm-hmm. of playing a game. Yeah, I don't get collecting cards just just for rarity to stare at them. <sighs> I love it. And I'm not deeply back in because it's just too expensive, but I like buying boxes, hobby boxes, cracking packs, and then just staring at them and looking at what they're, these individual good cards that I get, what they're worth on eBay. Because I feel like it's a hobby that I'm enjoying now. And then in like five, six years, I can give to my boys and like explain to them why this is cool. And now it's yours. <laughs> why they should give their, their, their to money to these companies yeah. for this nonsense reason. Yeah, but I no, think but, they'd be really into it. So it's like a hobby that I'm getting to, well, I'm getting like the nostalgia joy because I love opening packs. I love like going through each car. And, the mystery of what's inside. I love the collecting aspect of it. I'm getting back into that. But then it has this second life that I'll be able to share them with my sons, which is uh, really cool. Yeah, I but, think your sons 
chem- brain chemistry is going to be drastically different than any of ours because they're growing up with games like Overwatch and and Warzone and all these games with loot boxes that drop every once in a while. You get a cool cosmetic out of it. Yeah, they might love it even more than you. Um, and they might have really appreciate something where you like pay for something and get something out of it. Yeah, even the, the most of these games that are out now, MLB The Show, uh, Madden and whatnot, there's a whole part of the game that is just using real money to buy digital cards that you can use. And but that's that. been around for a long time. Yeah. That shit. But they'll get something real. I don't real get it at all. I don't get it. Yeah. They'll get something real from their dad, and that'll yeah. be fun. I think it'd be fun. The other thing is, that I, the other reason I stopped is because there's, when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, look at this baseball player that I love, you know? Mm-hmm. Now it's like I'm like I just I'm so cynical about the whole thing. Like they're anybody. all they're all pieces of shit. They're not all pieces of shit. But like, hey, don't you the dare part, say that about Kirby Puckett. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, well, you know, I, I'm just saying now I don't have any interest in these like pro ball players as like heroes. You know what I mean? The way you used to. So that's why I didn't mind collecting and just looking at like oh, I got Wade Boggs. You get all excited. Mm-hmm. But I, like now I'm just like they're all kids. What do I care? I think I asked this before, but would you ever wear the jersey of a player from your team that was younger than you? Or would you only wear like a jersey of someone that you watch growing up? No, I, I've, I've worn jerseys of people that are younger than me, and I'll never do it again. And it has nothing to do with them being younger than me. It has to do with them Leaving actively the playing right now. Yeah, and it's just a mistake. You should just never do that. Yeah, five of my Giants jerseys out of six are all players that now play on other teams. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. What's, what's the one that's the one that made it? Uh, uh, Saquon Barkley. But then he's been it's injured. It's only a matter of time. Two out of the last <laughs> yeah. three years. And you, uh, they, uh, they. Not only do they move on, but like the worst, the worst. And I've had this happen is where you hate them. It's not just like oh they yeah. got traded. As people, it's like, yeah, they did something real shitty, or they did they turned this their back on your team, or they were they were they blew it at a great moment. And they played for the Eagles. Yeah, Matthew never that wears happens his, to a lot of his Eagles. Ray Rice jersey into the studio anymore. <laughs> you know, my, I, he always used to wear in the old days. every day. Every, all, every Super Rice Bowl parties, point at the back, point at the back. <laughs> no, my so. <laughs> My strategy, my strategy for for jerseys is exactly what Grant is saying. Like classic, like players I rooted for growing up that were like heroes of the franchise. Like I have a Mike Richter jersey that I, that I pull out, or yeah, I just get the jersey with no with no name on it, and you just get the jersey. Like I have a I have a sweet uh, '80s style Mets pullover style jersey. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's neon blue. Oh hell yeah, it's it's I love it, and it has nobody's name on it, and I will love it forever. You never got the Capita Casa on the back, or did no, they charge too much to fit a too many giant letters? Name too many like letters. Sorry, sir, we can only get Capita. I remember Capita. I remember very specifically when I was playing like soccer. When I first started playing soccer, my dad called to get my get my jersey, and he was like, "Oh yeah, and let's let's put his name on the back." And and the, and the eyes could hear the conversation must have gone. How many letters? Yeah. And my father <laughs> counted Capitacasa's letters, and then said, "Let's just put Matthew." <laughs> I this is a thing for me. I'm not going to name any names here, but. You guys all know this. There, I, there is an acquaintance of mine. They may actually listen to this. <laughs> who named their child after a current NFL quarterback. <laughs> this is a very good quarterback. I'm going to say which quarterback it is. Very good quarterback. <laughs> this is not my issue. Blake, Blake Bortles is the quarterback. You should though. never name anything you care about after a current <laughs> athlete. Yep. You should never do it. Because no. you just never know. You never know. Especially a child. Don't name a child after someone who is not like long retired and preferably <laughs> dead. Because like if you think when, you know, who was the most popular athlete in America the year I was born in 1972? 
O.J. Simpson. <laughs> like, what if my name was Skid Orenthal Mar? Like, how much more difficult would my life be from this point? You're telling me Rafael Nadal Berger is a bad idea for my first son. <laughs> Rafael Nadal Berger. Lawrence Taylor LaValle. <laughs> Roger Federer Berger is an evergreen name because Roger Federer will still be playing and dominating well for the next 20 years. And he's a Swiss treasure, just like me. Wink. I kind of like Federer Burger. That's fun. Federer Burger. A little hyphenated. Federer, Federer Burger. Burger. I'll order that. Can I get the Federer Burger? Oh, we're all. Roger. <laughs> Roger. Uh, well, you know. It's still time. It's still time to get back into those hobbies. Not sports for Joe, but Grant, you can still go play with adults' knees. Well, I was. What was your s- thing again? No, he <laughs> eats cookies under a bed and stares at people's feet <laughs> when they walk by. Dude. It was so great. You could just like be alone and it was quiet and dark. No, I don't. Actually, I don't doubt its greatness. I'm just saying you can't do it again. Yeah, no. it'd be weird, especially the way you get into hobbies. If you got into that, that would just be weird. Well, that's totally. what I, I'm trying to record. Be, you're just eating cookies under my desk here, play with my researching knees, researching cookies for weeks. The childhood <laughs> hobby I did get back into was bicycling. But if the child me saw how I bicycle now, he'd be like, "Whoa, that's way too serious." Yeah, you got it. You got to. Back. Stop, stop. Just get a huffy and go around the park once. Please. You gotta pump the handbrakes on that hobby there, old me. Mm. Oh, young you would be like, where do you even go? Yeah, where are you going? <laughs> I think young me would be like happy that old me lives close enough to a beach to see it. Because I love beaches and being in Dallas was terrible for that because you're so far away. Yeah. Well, what you aren't far away from is episode 300. Woo! Because this is 295. Oh, man. Tickety talk. It really sped up here. Yeah, and you haven't mentioned anything to me, which is very, which concerns me a great deal. I saw something slip onto the, the recording schedule recently. Oh, really? What'd you see? That we were going to record episode 300 at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And on a day oh, in the yeah. calendar that I'm forgetting now, but it was yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> well, it, yeah, I know that it will air uh, in October, second or third week of October is episode 300. Um, I've been thinking a lot about it, but like it, it, just because I have been working on the rest of this book now, because the way you guys have been traversing uh, Iron Cloud Keep is different from the way you started. You did once you found that secret door, it was a little zippity boop pop pop. So I was like, wow, I got to really dig into some more uh, hard prep here for the later stuff. So I've I've gone through everything now except one or two things. I'm up to ninety one pages on my document. Uh, is it 91 or, or no, 95, 95 pages on my book six document. And, document I still, 95. and I still have a couple more things I need to do. But I was like, you know what? I really need to start looking at this. And as I'm going through it and as I'm thinking about the end and as I'm thinking about 300, it's starting to come into view. But uh, it's not all there. And that's why you haven't heard from me, Joe. I'm still I'm still waiting for that moment of inspiration. Great. Yeah. Great. You know, what it's going to result in. Mm. An absolute meltdown. You're going to just be having a meltdown <laughs> because you do. have like one week to get it ready. And it, I normally come you're up with stuff put the, the day before. You're going to put the bar at 300 at an unreachable height because yeah. you're trying to follow 200 to 100, then 200, then 250. Yeah, it's hard. That's hard. You should live like Matthew. Just like it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we making a big deal out of it? I'd like to. I just feel like, like I said to you a few weeks ago, I feel like 300's, or, yeah, 300 is going to be as juicy, if not juicier, uh, than the end because it's got to tie up a, a lot of loose ends and push us towards the finale. Um, I, think we so should, my cons- I think we should acknowledge it. Say, like, hey, this is, we, we hit a milestone, pop a little alcohol-free sparkling wine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and not do anything about it on the actual show. Just a regular 59-minute app. Yeah, and you just move whatever combat it was. Whatever happens, that would be so much easier. It would be a lot less work. Uh, here, how about this? Mm. Somewhere along the way, 
maybe somewhere in the vicinity of episode 300. Yeah. We're going to fight pretty tough monster. Yeah. Hopefully. At mm-hmm. some point, they want, we want to challenge us. Some of you are going to die before the final fight. So we're just like, whatever episode that is, just make that epic. Just be like that. That's it. That's, that was our 300. Yeah. yeah, I know it was 303, but we were just waiting for it to organically happen. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> never never going to happen. <laughs> I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I do have some ideas, but uh, a lot's going to depend on what the party makeup is in five apps, because, spoiler alert, it might not be this party. There's some difficult stuff coming up. You just walked into a room full of 25 people. <laughs> oh, so there's 25 people in the room? Whoa. Spoiler. I just picked that number out of the air. But... We ended last week with you coming up this ladder, silently opening the secret door to see this feast hall that has been turned into an orc encampment. You've seen these, Baron especially. You saw these orc encampments. You know what they're like. You've killed many orcs on your way to this battle. Sir Will is separated from you. He's coming up a stairwell to the northwest to enter from behind, perhaps creating some sort of pincer maneuver. Um, Nestor lets off the first shot. Still in a surprise round. Metra's going to get hers as well. And it comes flying in and just sticks right through the orc's neck. So imagine that for a second if we froze time and we just see that orc like, maybe he hasn't even recognized, you know, like pain sometimes takes a moment to happen like the the arrow is through his neck frozen in time and he's still like talking or swinging around a turkey leg and he's just frozen and then we turn the camera to see Nestor in the distance and we zoom in on Nestor shooting that arrow and he's locked in the uh the loosed arrow position Baron to his right just cast a spell and we see Metra frozen about to cast something as well. Don't want to play your character, Matthew, but I'm sure you got a spell up your sleeve for the surprise round. No, I was just going to fire my crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've ruined the moment. <laughs> you got to flat footed. It's a perfect opportunity. Strategically, this is the round to fire the crossbow. <laughs> That's right. It's true. You're never going to get Never going to have a better chance to hit with a crossbow than right now. <laughs> really didn't expect that. <laughs> got him. All right, so she's got her she's <laughs> She's loading her crossbow, actually. That's your actual We'd be, The rest of us would be so angry. I know. He was like, I use my move action to load my crossbow. <laughs> That's my surprise round. We go behind you into this dark tunnel, the dark tunnel from the secret door, and we just keep going down into the darkness. You know how, like, when you pause a Madden game and you can, like, watch the replay and you can move all around the field and all yes. the guys are frozen? You're doing that, so you're just moving down this darkness and as you move down this darkness of this secret ladder suddenly torchlights appear torchlights in sconces evenly spaced every 10 feet or so in a long dark hallway you can see that the lights barely flicker as there is little wind penetrating the stone that makes up the walls the ceiling and the floor Around the corner, a dark figure enters and starts walking down this hallway. They throw their cowl back to reveal a young man in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. Dark red hair, green eyes. It's Brander. Hmm. As he continues down the hallway, we close in on his face. He's moving furtively. 
And as we get closer to him, we hear voices in his head. And we also see snippets of a memory play out of Brander, a little bit younger, sitting on the ground, listening to one of his teachers. Teachers pacing back and forth. We live in a world full of magic, Brandia. There are some eras where it is hard to find when the conduits of the arcane and the divine are hidden or quiet, their secrets lost to time. Then there are moments when magic pervades our very existence. Wizards fly through the sky, raining down fire like gods. Sorcerers step through dimensions, disintegrating their foes with a flick of the wrist. In artifacts of great power that were buried for centuries are unearthed to be wielded by those who seek to maintain, protect, or conquer. To truly master time, you, Brandir, must be at one with the great magics of the universe. Whatever your calling may be in your journey, or the journey of those who come after you, it will be the magic that has shaped the fabric of time itself that will fuel your mastery. The crown of a great king that empowered him to lead his small band of rebels to defeat an army of the dead. The pendant of a knight who walked through the gates of hell and returned atop a winged horse with the Valkyries at her back. The magic of the world continues on through these moments. You must seek out these relics and let their residual power impress themselves upon you. Let their stories weave the growing power in your soul. But above all, you must remember that their magics are not for you to possess. We are inspired by the muses. We do not take them hostage. Do you understand the difference? Brander is still walking down the hallway, remembering this conversation with one of his teachers, approaching a door in the distance, and he hears himself reply, Yes, Good. You mentioned wizards and sorcerers, kings and knights. Am I to borrow from them as well? You have that ability, yes, but their stories are unfinished and not yours to possess. With your power, you will outlive them all, and perhaps someday. What they leave behind will be meant for you to find and learn from. To take from the living would be quite dangerous for them, but for you as well. Brander is replaying this memory, and we see him continue down this long hallway 
until he comes to a door. He places his hand on the door, closes his eyes, and he's able to see that there's no one on the other side. He opens the door, slips in, detects magic around the room, holds it for a few seconds. Sees a glow from this makeshift wardrobe, walks over to it, opens it, pushes clothes to the side, where a mirror stands. Just as he reaches in to pull the mirror out, a voice sounds from behind him. Brother, what are you doing? <gasps> Brander turns and sees Farzadir. To his left is a small boy, no more than three years old, innocently looking past his father's outstretched protective hand. Brander looks coldly at Farzadir. Take me to her. I cannot, brother. You know that you can. You take that child. I know you have the power to take me as well. I am training him, Brandir. You will do the same for your child one day. It is how it was foretold. Brander moves towards Farzadir, holding the mirror before him pleadingly. Prophecy is dead. Brother, it's all lies. Don't you see? They don't want you to share your power with me because they are afraid we may discover the truth. That all of this, all of this prophecy is a lie. But if you can take me back there, I can restart all of this. We can go back home where we were meant to be and live the lives we were meant to live instead of being servants to the dreams of others. Father Deer looks at him like he's out of his mind. The past is not ours to change, Brandir. You know that to be true. It can be. Between you and I and Pudir, we possess the power of gods. The little boy starts to get upset, scared at the look in Brander's eyes, and his change in tone, Farzadir turns to, like, quiet the boy, and without thinking, Brander just grabs out at Farzadir with the mirror in one hand and Farzadir's hand in the other, and Farzadir cries out, Ah! <sighs> now Brander stands alone in a wooded area. There are huts, there are campfires, and there is a very familiar-looking circle of standing stones. Half a dozen men here is casting long shadows from the moonlight. The rustic camp scene is interrupted by sounds of screaming, a woman's screaming. Brander hears the sound and just starts walking slowly towards it. We see a handful of druids rush past him. Can they see Brander? Do they sense his presence? It's unclear, but Brander just keeps walking, his stoic gait beginning to falter as he gets closer to this sound. He follows them as they're rushing into a tent, slides past the flap, and sees a woman lying on a pile of blankets, and there's blood everywhere. In a long, dead, druidic language mm -hmm. that Brander can understand, a wizened woman looks towards a man, perhaps the husband, and says... I'm sorry, but there is little time. It's either the mother or the child. I cannot save them both. 
At that moment, Brander throws his hands to the side and begins chanting under his breath. His eyes disappear and his arms begin to glow with a white light. He moves towards the mother to lay hands upon her, but just as he gets near, a voice speaks to him. The voice of Fazadir. It cannot be done, brother. We cannot change time in this way. It's either you or her. They made the choice to save you. To save her would be to erase you. You know this to be true. Brander stops his casting. The glow from his arms fades out. He turns slowly and walks out of the tent, speaking to his brother's unseen voice. No. No, it can be done. I... I just need more time and more power. Now that you have shared your abilities with me, I can... I can borrow from Pudir as well, and together, the three of us can find a way. Perhaps this is what we were meant to do. Perhaps this is the prophecy that they prattled on about. Oh, brother. You have no idea what you've done. (laughs) Suddenly, Brander is pulled back into the room with the wardrobe. The mirror lays nearby. Brander's disoriented, and as his eyes readjust, he looks into the reflection of the mirror and sees the little boy just sobbing uncontrollably on the floor. He turns away from the mirror to look at the boy and sees him weeping into the robes of the desiccated body of the elder Fazadir, who lies on the floor, thin wisps of smoke rising from his corpse a few strips of fabric barely covering his remains. We back out of there into the darkness of the hallway. The torchlights go out and we zoom back up the secret passageway to Metra and her crossbow. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was just joshing about the crossbow. <laughs> We're pot committed to the crossbow. Uh, wow. Wow. So that's Brander. Whatever organization he's with, they're finding these turning points in history, these important, important nexus points, and taking some kind of power from it, but they're forbidden to change anything. It's interesting. And it seems like... Fazadir is Fazadir. Fazadir is Faraz's grandfather, right? Grandfather, great grandfather. Not his father, but maybe the little boy was Faraz's father. You don't know how many generations back this goes. You know, Brander is very old, and he's the one. So Fazadir was the one who could affect time. And what is? And what was? Well, they all have effects on time. There's the one who watches, the one who walks, and the one who masters. Right. It seems like right now there are basically, for lack of a better reference point back to the future rules enacted which is that if brander were to change and save the people that saved him it would erase him a la michael j fox stopping his parents from meeting mm-hmm. and he's trying to get enough power to have like more of an avengers endgame style of power over the past where you know natasha romanoff dying doesn't mean that she didn't take over the avengers when she goes back in time it's interesting spoilers yeah it's no kidding wow wow <laughs> guess i won't watch that <laughs> I'm wow. still trying to catch up, Grant. 
<laughs> I can't unhear that. But our listeners don't have to if I cut it out. But I'm going to leave it in there. <laughs> because fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck you guys. Send Grant your angry email. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't want him. You saved me time now. I don't have to watch that movie. <laughs> but I do like Florence Pugh. Oh, I didn't. That's not the new one. I haven't seen the new one. Oh, okay. I'm making references to movies that have been out for years. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize there was an alternate timeline when Natasha Romanoff led the Avengers that was captured by the MCU. What movie? She was leading the Avengers at the in beginning the of Endgame. In Endgame? Yeah. I guess well, I she's leading Endgame S.H.I.E.L.D., again. right? I mean, essentially. Whatever. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the full-blown Avengers. She's basically... Well, I know, but oh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever, Grant. I'd also like to take my swift action a week later. Since so much action can be taken during a surprise round. I'd like it if we had more than one air conditioner on. I know, it's so hot in there. That would be. Because I'm sitting in some soup. It's bad today. It's bad. It's going to affect the recording when people start dying. <laughs> Metro, what do you do? Well, do you want to sweat some more? Yes. Uh, Metro reaches a hand out in through the open door. And lightning leaps from her one hand to strike. Oh, there you go! One of the lieutenants. I'm going to need a reflex save from every single one of these. Oh these my yeah. goodness! How many targets can you capture? Uh, up to one per level. Up to one per level. So only sixteen. <laughs> Tough. Only sixteen wow. secondary targets. Holy oh, shit! Jesus. <laughs> so as long as you can see them, you can do it. Okay. Yeah, I do have to choose the targets right now. I, I'm assuming there's other people I don't know exist. What is so. the DC? It changes. So, what's the DC of this first, John? DC twenty-two. DC twenty-two, and then his buddy is going to have a different DC. This is reflex. Yes. Fail. Natural yeah. Four. Yeah. Now, what's the DC for the second guy? It's DC twenty for the rest. DC twenty for the rest. Natural one for the next guy. <laughs> wow. Why don't you just do him in packs two, of five? So two. that's one for the next five. <laughs> so yeah. now, here's the thing. What'd you say the DC is? Twenty. Twenty. Okay, so I have to roll. Well, I don't oh, well, this is an amazing spell for this situation. Yeah, this, this is, is like so, so many characters perfect. under our level. Yep. This is this is fantastic. Shane Lasser Will is going to come up into this room yeah. <laughs> to you guys just standing there calmly over 30 corpses. <laughs> Smoking corpses. Does anyone else know Ozone? <laughs> no exaggeration. One of them saved. The last oh. one. Oh, my oh. goodness. That guy. Takes 34 points of damage. And he's permanently dead. The rest of them <laughs> take 68 points of damage. <laughs> All right, so. Dead. <laughs> dead. Dead. I mean, all of these ones that were just had falchions, they all instantly die. The lightning leaps from one to the next to the next to the next. You just clear straight up. Kill them! <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> and now what for these two beefier ones here? What was it? Thirty-eight points of damage or thirty-four? Did they both save? Uh, no, they both fail. Oh, so sixty-eight points of damage. Sixty-eight points of damage. To is the that, guys is that enhanced at all by any of them holding metal objects, or did you already do that? They're in full plate. Uh, it is They're in full plate. <laughs> <laughs> it's made of tiger skin. That, was, that definitely was the thing with like shocking grass. It's shocking grass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. This is not effective. Holy crap. So, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of these falchion-wielding guys. One was killed by Nestor. Eight were killed by you. The other two guys are still up, but you just amped them up. I just love the thought of that. It's just like the first one, shunk, like it's hit the back of the neck, comes out of his throat, just slumps over death. Like, before anyone else realizes what's going on, 
almost all the rest of them are electrocuted in that <laughs> moment. <laughs> oh, could you ever have a more perfect situation to cast Chain Lightning? I have yeah. been waiting to cast Chain Lightning on this room for weeks. Yeah, it's oh, so... okay. I didn't even put it together. Like, that's yeah. why you were dying to come into this room, because you knew you'd just wipe them. <laughs> well, I'm assuming there's, it's going to get... No, I'm assuming... It's going to get worse for I'm assuming minute, the but. challenge is over. Which one Actually, was this helps Troy. This helps you out so much. Oh, I have to, if I was running Matthew a combat a... like this and I could wipe 16 units <laughs> off of my initiative tractor, I would be fucking thrilled. I did it for you, Troy. I, you know, I really appreciate it. You're a, don't, I don't care what anybody says, especially Grant. You're a good guy. Give him a bottle cap. Which one was your primary target, Matthew? Uh, the lieutenant. One of the lieutenants on the end. So I believe anyone more than 30 feet away from them doesn't get hit, right? Uh, no, they, they have to be within 30 feet of, of, each, each, of target. each other. You choose secondary targets as you like, but they all must be within 30 feet of the primary target. Oh, uh, all right. Well, oh. Oh. Oh, okay. well, glad I didn't start looks, sipping and bopping on my initiative track. Looks like a classic case of Matthew not reading the last line of Spizzell. Oh, no, so many... I think this no one's helping. the best. Thing. This is amazing. Yeah, I can get, We're all drawing uh, <laughs> wow, range only, lines. You can, can only every, kill three of them. No, no you can just change the the. I get everybody but this guy. Initial target. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. So you're changing your initial target yeah. after the fact? Yeah. Well, that seems awfully convenient. Well, I was casting a different spell before. Yeah. All right, so you're going to still get all of them. Except ex- for the lieutenant in the corner, in the back corner. In the back corner? Oh, so he gets all of his HP back. He does. Uh, okay, all right. Thank you, Grant. Nice job, Grant. No Sorry. thanks to you, Matthew. No thanks to you. Okay. I still killed nine people. Or yeah, amazing. No, still, like, incredibly impressive. I still murdered nine people and I got like away to, with it. I like to picture them being in a bathtub and Matthew just dropping a toaster in. <laughs> it's round one of the actual combat. You were able to get the surprise on all of them, and boy, did you make good use of it. And Baron, you are up first. Oh, jeez, Louise. Holy boogie. Um, <laughs> can Baron five foot step down from here? Just like lean over like a Looney Tune and just let gravity take him? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know, the, the secret door, I'm kind of just making up where it is, essentially. So you can you can move normally there. Okay, that puts me within range with my five-foot step of my gun to the lieutenant furthest to the east at the bottom of the table. The one that took damage from the lightning. The one that didn't take damage, if it's the easterly one. The ah. easterly one took, took the damage. Oh, the, the westerly, westerly one. one. You always get westerly and easterly mixed up, LaValle. I thought you said bottom right. Uh, and swift action, activate some uh, hot, hot orc span. Here it comes. Yeah, I thought it, were, I thought it functioned like haste, but it doesn't function like haste. Where they that all. is correct. It would make sense to me if it functioned like, t- like haste because it just jumps from one to the other to the other. That's to the what other. I thought. It's going to go around the table. Yeah. I haste you. Got me. Is that a, no. that was a pun for hatred? Yeah, it didn't really <laughs> land. It sounded good in my head. 29 points of damage on the first attack. How do you know he hit? Oh, yeah. He has a 40... Three touch, touch AC. AC. Uh, does right. <clears throat> does a thirty three hit? Yes. Okay. You fight the orc gymnast. <laughs> uh, orc sauna bayul. Um, that's, <laughs> that's kind of fun. How many points of damage was that? Uh, twenty nine. I think I said. 29. Okay. Uh, the next attack is a twenty six against touch AC. Twenty six against touch AC is a hit. All right. Uh, that will be for twenty seven points of damage. Okay. Uh, the next attack is going to be uh, a 16 against Touch AC. 
That's still going to hit. Okay. Oh, oh man. Grant Burger. Grant Burger. 29 points of damage on that attack. And you've taken him below his con. Oh, beautiful. Ooh, okay. Sorry, Ferocity. Uh, should I try to... He's still standing, though, right? He could act or... No. Below his con. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Below oh, his con. I'll take that uh, grip point back, and you know what? Um, I'll save that bullet because I would be shooting against regular AC at that point, and a minus two. Uh, and that's his turn. Okay. It is the guy's turn who looked like the beefier orc that didn't get touched. Really? Yes, on the other side of the table. Um, so he's going to go. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, how? How can this dude do anything but run away? How? I would be pretty justify anything. I mean, he away. would run down the stairwell to safety, I would think. Yeah. But he would find a lance of ivory in his pallet. <laughs> uh, oh, brother. Uh, he is going to. He's going to. No, I can't even do that because that's going to be an action. He doesn't have a weapon drawn. Uh, if he did, he would have his double axe and not his short bow. So he is going to move uh, down uh, to the south against the wall to like get away from your ranged attacks. That makes sense. Like he loops around the table and goes to the south. Actually, gets closer to everybody. Closer but to puts you. Puts a guys. wall between everybody. Yeah. Closer. And he, he just closer. He's got his he's got his double axe now. Uh, he feels a lot safer without just standing there. And after seeing his his buddy get lit up by bullets and chain lightning, uh, he just kind of runs for cover uh, to the eastern uh, southeast side of the room. And that's going to be his turn. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's a double move for him to get over there. Uh, I can't draw uh, a potion while I'm walking, so that's it. And now it's going to be Nestor's turn. Nestor will delay. Nestor will delay, and now it's Sir Will's turn. Oh no! Oh dear! Sir Will slowly and cautiously <laughs> draws up the stairs. You did hear some combat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he'll start riding up the stairs. <laughs> you heard lightning indoors. You heard gunshots and uh, several connected bolts of lightning. Right. Silent gunshots, though. You might have actually taken more notice to the fact that the partying and talking stopped. Well, I'm sure he and heard the, the explosive lightning. You smell the, the stench of singed orc. <laughs> uh, so you zip up around. Zip up around and into the room. Flag waving. Pennon waving from his lance, and he just sees all of these smoking corpses. Uh, um, jeez. He's also going to see a lot more of the room. Look to the south Oh, there. whoa. Yeah, you'll see that the, the room to the south, it keeps stretching past the table. It's kind of a, a semicircle, oh, wow. but or like, this is like a quadrant. Imagine a circle, and there's a quadrant that's open here to the southwest, and you see all the way to the south is a door leading mm-hmm. south. And then to the west is obviously that door that I told you about last week. I'm going to say you can see a little more to the north, a um, little bit ahead there, and that's all you see. You don't see any more uh, from where you're standing. If you move a little bit more further, I'll, I'll show you more of the room. Uh, there's okay. That, there's that wall uh, making up the other side of the stairwell that's kind of blocking your view of the north portion of the room. Uh, okay, sounds good. Um, he is going to uh, say, "Oh, 
Lexington, let's get down there. And he's going to stick his spurs into Lexington uh, gently and then ride down using a double move uh, to sort of start heading toward this guy who's hiding against the wall. All right, um, so you're you're chasing the guy that went around. But then he should also cover. be able to see north. So he gets around the corner, but he's uh, he's you know he's still a good 50, 60 feet from fifty feet from the last dead orcs looking to the north. So what is up there? There are four more combatants. Oh. He says. There are three more of those falchion wielding orcs, and then at the head of the table is an orc that looks like this. Oh! A Viking helm. Oh, he looks very uh, sort of Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, orc-style armor, but with a pair of horns and some weird feathers sticking out in the center. He's got a feather helmet. Some spikes. What are you, a bird? Spiked uh, pauldrons. I love a good spiked pauldron. Yeah. He's got a big underbite. Yeah. I'll have to get that looked at. There is also another creature standing uh, outside of a broken cage. It is a huge pig chimera looking creature. Oh, that looks like that. Oh! It almost looks friendly. Whoa. It's scaring me. It's like, hey, kids. It's like part pig, part chimera, and it is ugly as hell. Multiple horns, multiple tusks. It's crossed a wild boar with a pangolin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's kind of like a warthog. A it, warthog dragon lizard. It looks like thing. it has a sweet charge slash gore attack. Ew. Uh, Sir Will is going to be like, The creature to the north! Be careful before you step out! He's going to shout, uh, just because if anybody steps out from that fireplace, they would be directly in a line of a charge that would yeah. be horrific. Yeah. Gore. A bull <laughs> rush, maybe? <laughs> Oh, I don't think... I think only a bull rush if it did 10d8 damage or something. Pig rush. Yeah, pig rush. Pig rush, even worse. Uh, All right, Sir Will, are you done? You double move? That was a double move, yeah. Okay. Uh, You know what? It's so weird. Can I do something? Sure, I can do something. I'm not going to, though. Swifty? No, like a standard. I mean, it's just... It's Lexington's movement. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, So, like, mm -hmm. he can still do something, but... Uh, I'm, I'm going to choose not to do anything at the moment and see where these enemy combatants go. Okay. Well, uh, one of them, the one right next to this big, awful-looking warthoggy pig, uh, slides uh, across the room uh, to the opening. But, you know, Sir Will, you can see uh, over here, it, the room just continues to open uh, to the east. So it really does look like... Uh, imagine tri- if Trivial Pursuit just had four pie pieces. It would be the top right piece and the top left piece. That makes up the room. Uh, so uh, he, yes. He yes. slides for cover behind uh, a wall to the north of the fireplace, um, having seen his friends just get lit up. Maybe they weren't friends. Maybe he's glad they're dead. We'll never know. Uh, we could ask him. He could. Uh, it is now Metra's turn. How tall are the ceilings in this place? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you ask that every time. Uh <laughs> Say 30 feet. 50 feet. 50 feet. Oh, okay, great. Uh, Metro is going to fly up about 30 feet in the air, straight into the room towards the door of the west so she can get a view. She's now uh, kind of near Sir Will, but hovering above him. Okay. Uh, And she will see the rest of the combatants in this room, or at least the ones 
Troy has chosen to reveal to us at mm-hmm, this point. Mm-hmm. And oh, do we want to go after one of the you want to the big orc, or do I want to go after the weird warthoggy fellow? You know what? I'm going to go after the big orc. Let me just make sure I have the range to do so. That is far away. It's far away, bro. So it would be 65 feet is my range. It's 80 feet. Okay, I'll just change the direction of my flight some then. Bet you will. Um, <laughs> I mean, all <laughs> these red <laughs> You guys are the worst. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, and then Metro will fire off a ray at that guy. Which guy? The this guy, the the, the guy head. with the cool helmet. The guy with the cool. The guy with the feather in his hat. Okay. All right. So Yankee this, Doodle. Yankee, <laughs> yes, it'll fire off a Yankee Doodle. This is going to be a ranged touch attack. Okay, from eight hundred feet away, or sixty-five. You count your flight. Um, Was that your Pythagorean distance? I should do Pythagoreans. I'll do do Pythagoras. This is going to be a 18 against touch. 18 against touch on that guy in the back with the cool helmet. He's got a big heavy pick in his hand. That's a hit. Okay, roll a fortitude save. Roll a fortitude save. Let me just look at his 40 abilities real quick. Make sure there's no... Okay, fortitude save. You got it. Uh, 30. Okay, he passes. So he takes four points of strength damage. Ooh. From a rave enfeeblement. Oh, oh nice. Oh, Beautiful. Nice. Great thing to do to an orc chieftain. Yeah. Four points of strength damage. Okay, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That was smart. <laughs> that would have been eight had I not passed. Even nine if you hadn't passed. Oh, man. Yikes. Okay, I got Oof. it on there. Wow, that really... Oh, I gave him a plus four. That's what you meant to do, right? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Minus four it is. Bull strength? That's what you cast on him? That was really kind. I just wanted... I, I felt bad about murdering... <laughs> Matra, she's working with the orcs! Uh, all right. A couple things are going to happen. The guy that Metra... Metra, I see you moving around a I'm, lot. I did my Pythagoras. You are a Pythagoras. Uh, he is going to follow uh, that falchion-wielding orc to find cover behind the wall, uh, having seen that there is a ranged situation happening from the fireplace. But at that moment, uh, the big porcine or porcine thing starts moving down towards the fireplace. The the uh, general guy yelled at and it starts going down there. It's got a ton of movement. And it is going to attempt oh, dear. to going to attempt to gore either Nestor or Baron. Oh, poops. <sighs> okay, I'm going to roll. Actually, Joe, go ahead and give me a d4. One, two is Baron. Three, four is Nestor. You're a real penis. <laughs> You're a real penis. Oh, well, the reason I'm having you do it is it's horrible. It will definitely hit, and it will definitely do bad things, so I want you to decide your friend's fate. <laughs> and I actually didn't hear you. I blanked out once you said D4, so I don't know what number is what. Here we go. One, two is Baron. Don't tell me! Don't tell me that... Oh, four. Oh, no. Oh, oh come on. The oh. first four I've ever rolled on a D4 yeah. in 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> 11 years. All right, it goes to Gore Nestor. Oh, come on. It's going to be very close. 27. 
Uh, that is that is a miss. Twenty seven, and that is a miss. You said it was definitely a hit. You scared me. I had a plus twenty five to hit, and I rolled a two. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man, that sounds like Sir Willoughby Keswick Ivory. That would have been wow, such a cool thing for me, but it didn't happen. Yeah, so it goes to Gore a twenty seven to hit, uh, and it misses Nestor. Okay. Uh, so now it goes to Metro Went, uh, moved an initiative. So it is the other two orcs' turns. Everybody else is gone this round. They are going to. Did Nestor go? Nestor held his action, so yeah. Nestor could go whenever he wants. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Actually, is... you know what? Um,. Just want to say this is real tough now because Nestor is backed up against the wall with this thing That's right up in his face. Yeah, so standing right next to the shaft of the ladder. Baron took five uh, feet of movement forward, but yeah, both of them. You don't know what they're this thing's combat. Uh, if it has uh, multiple attacks of opportunity, but any sort of ranged attack is going to provoke from this awful looking thing. Nestor is going to go. I think he's going to bite the bullet and just. Try to unload on this thing, incurring. All right, the incur is um, going to be huge because yeah. if it hits, it will be able to do something. All right, so come on, I got to oh. roll better than it. No, no, then I won't do it. I'm just going to going to hold off. All right, Nestor will hold off. The other two uh, falchion wielding dudes. There's only three of them left. Uh, it's their turn. They are going to move in the direction of Sir Will. They're going to double move. Uh, the first one gets right next to Sir Will, which doesn't really help him because he had a double move. And the other one gets uh, 10 feet away from his buddy. So they just char- uh, you know, rush in the direction of Sir Will. Obviously, they are right underneath, basically, where Metra is flying. But where Sir Will was uh, going after the uh, the badass, beefy-looking guy whose buddy was wiped out in Chain Lightning. Now he's going to have to deal with uh, two of these little punks. And now we go to round two, and it's Baron's turn. Baron, you're in the same situation as Nestor here. You know it's going to provoke. It's this big, beefy-looking thing. What do you do? It's time to unveil a new third-level spell. It's time, with one swift action, to cast Burst of Speed. Whoa. Burst of speed. Until the end of your turn, you gain plus 20-foot bonus to speed. Your movement does not provoke attacks of opportunity, and you can rem- move through the space of creatures that are larger than you are. Whoa. So I will move 50 feet straight Question ahead. I have to ask. Oh, it only has verbal components, so it won't provoke. It wouldn't provoke anyway because it's a swift action. Because it's a swift action. Uh, Did you just run across the table? I ran underneath the table, which uh, I assume I can. You cannot. Okay. Tended uh, it all up. Yeah, you got to go either north or south. Can I jump over the table as part of it, or does that totally uh, reduce? be an acrobatics check, and it will reduce your speed to half once you've got to there? But you've already got the bonus. 15, speed. 20, 25, 30, 35. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try. Okay, easy acrobatics for you. It's really just going to slow you down unless you eat shit on the acro. 25. 25. You get up there with you. And then you start slowing down. Uh, so that's 35, uh, 
40, 45, and then he'll just plop on the other side of it, I guess, on top of a dead orc. <laughs> right into his pancreas. What is this on the uh, map right in front of... Uh, that is another orc. Okay, then if... Uh, yeah. That's him, yeah. Yeah, oh. that's fine. Baron, that's Baron will stay there, then. Okay, so Baron uh, hops over uh, hops over the table, lands directly on an orc and uh, his boot. Why doesn't he shoot him? Uh, he will. <laughs> Misfire. Misfire. Oh, uh, the valley! <laughs> but here's the other thing that Baron will use for the first time ever. He will use the lucky trait of his weapon to expend the grit reservoir that lives in it and recharges every day to negate the uh, misfire and roll again. Ooh, okay, and you didn't have to double move to get here, right? Because burst of speed gave you the extra speed? Correct. I have 30 feet with my mithril armor and my boots of uh, uh, jumping and striding, adding 10 to my base movement. So I got to a total of 50, 35 up to the table. And then you attack once, though. You can't attack twice. Yeah, I'm attacking once, but I get to re-roll that with the lucky trade on my weapon. Oh, you just get to straight up re-roll? I thought it just negated the misfire. I'll I'll have it up one more time and read it for you since it's uh, fun to be totally accurate. Here it comes. Um, uh, This reservoir holds one point of grit, which is refreshed at the start of each day. Whether or not the wielder of a lucky uh, firearm has any deeds, she can always spend one grit point from the lucky firearm to re-roll an attack from it that would result in a misfire. Hmm. When the wielder does so, she must take the second result, even if the attack roll results in a misfire. The second attack results in a 13 on the die and uh, a 30 against touch AC. Yes, you just hit him real hard. I mean, Oh... Uh, that will be 29 points of damage. Just explodes. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> the blood splashes up and hits the bottom of Metra's blouse. Uh, all right, Baron, that's your turn. It is the guy down the bottom's turn here, the one that was uh, obviously trying to draw you in the path of this uh, awful warthog that Nestor's going to have to deal with. When I was a young warthog. <laughs> Seeing that the... Uh, <laughs> The uh, big creature seems to have uh, Nestor in hand. Shit! Uh, he is going to make his way towards Sir Will, but I think it's going to have to be a fucking double move, which sucks. I really want him to be able to stand and bang. But, uh, yeah, you know what he'll do is he will rush right up to Sir Will and flank him with the uh, other guy. So double move towards Sir Will to flank with the uh, lowly orc whose counterpart was just exploded by a bullet. And now it is, it comes back around to Nestor, but Nestor is in that same situation with this thing, knowing that uh, any action he takes will provoke. Uh, I'm... Yeah, I'm really kind of stuck here as long as this thing is here, so... Okay, I will go ahead and take my turn and just uh, full attack. Okay, yeah, I mean, because you know now it doesn't just get one attack, it's going to get all its attacks, and it's all going to be centered on you. But here is the attack of opportunity. It goes to gore you. 37 yeah, to hit. Yeah, it's a hit. Oh, no. A couple things happen. It gores you for 48 plus 34 damage. There's an 8. There's another 8 and a 7. Oh, my God. So that's going to be uh, 26. Oh, my God. 60 points of damage. Oof. And then it gets a free push to knock you down the shaft. (gasps) Oh, no. Oh, that's so bad. 
so bad. 48 against CMD. Yep. It gores Nestor, and Nestor just pull, falls down the shaft oh, and out of the combat. God. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Shit. Oh, God. Oh, Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.